Hey guys, and welcome to the Finance Now podcast. This podcast is purely for informational and educational purposes, and it's my way of sharing my knowledge, research, and opinions with you. I'm Anurag Birla, and today we dive into an industry, and more specifically a company, that is constantly growing, changing, and is also of huge personal interest to me. The EV industry and Tesla. With Tesla's Q1 production and delivery numbers announced, their new mega factory in China, price cuts, as well as their recent drop in stock price, their upcoming earnings call is poised to be one of interest. I'd also want to briefly get into some details of a competitor and the recent news around them. About two weeks ago, we saw Tesla announce their production and delivery numbers for the first quarter of 2023. Having delivered 422,875 vehicles, they missed the expectation, according to FactSet, of 432,000. The recent number is a 36% increase compared to the number last year and a 4% increase compared to last quarter. They reported deliveries of 10,695 of their higher-end models, S and X, which only made up about 2% of deliveries this quarter, a drop from the 17,147 of those two models that they delivered last quarter. The remaining 412,180 deliveries were of its lower price models, 3 and Y. They also produced around 440,808 vehicles in the same time frame. 19,437 of them were models S and X. 421,371 of them were models 3 and Y. Now what's somewhat worrying from these numbers is the growing inventory, especially with models S and X. Out of the 19,500 that they produced, almost 9,000 left at the end of the quarter, which could be pointing to a slowing of demand in their more premium priced cars. However, they did explain it by saying many of those vehicles are in transit. And while I don't necessarily think that's untrue, it could just be something to be on the lookout for. Based on other data, it also seems that a large percentage of Tesla's deliveries came from their Gigafactory in Shanghai. Now, while Tesla doesn't provide a breakdown of their production and delivery numbers by geography, the CPCA, or the China Passenger Car Association, reported that Tesla collectively sold 140,453 vehicles made in China in only Jan and Feb, and 77,000 in March, which equals to a total of 217,453 vehicles. This means that of the total deliveries in the first quarter, which was approximately 423,000, more than 50% came from Shanghai. Now still focusing on Tesla, but momentarily moving away from their electric vehicles. Tesla recently announced that they will be building a mega factory for large batteries in China in order to build energy storage products in the market. So this plan is going to be dedicated to producing mega packs, which are large scale battery storage solutions that can be used to store electricity to be dispatched at a later time. I'll expand on what Megapacks are and their uses shortly, but sticking with the topic of the Mega Factory, these massive Megapacks will be manufactured at up to 10,000 units a year, seemingly a copy of the first Mega Factory in Lathrop, California. And plans to build the factory are quite aggressive on the timeline front. Construction is planned to start next quarter, and production is aimed to start in Q2 of 2024. The company has hinted towards its plans of exporting the Megapacks built in China across the globe. This will enable Tesla to have a production hub for this energy product on both sides of the world, California and Shanghai. 
Now, going back to what megapacks are, I think it's important to understand so we can internalize the importance of this this whole decision. The megapack essentially acts as a massive battery generator. The energy stored can be used for different scenarios. It's a huge boost for renewable energy usage as in conjunction with Tesla solar panels, they can pretty much replace the electrical grid. They can allow users to fill up batteries during the day and deplete them overnight. They could also be replenished from the grid overnight in order to power everything during daytime activities. Another good thing about the energy storage system is that it has an inverter for each battery module and is connected to the internet which would help enable software updates, making it better over time with fixes. While this is entirely separate to Tesla's vehicle arm, it's a fundamental part of their vision of sustainability. And as a company, this move is driving them in the right direction, which in my opinion, is only going to add value to its overall offering and future earnings. Jumping back to their cars here a bit. Another key element from Tesla's first quarter was their repeated price cuts in various regions, including the US, Europe, and China. Having started their price cuts in China back in 2022, they have gone on to reduce prices of their Model 3 and Y further in January by between 6 and 13.5%. These cuts triggered some type of price war, causing many other Chinese EV makers to cut prices as well. Rivals like NIO, and Xpeng cut their prices too, along with international brands such as Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz in order to compete. BYD, notably their biggest competitor, also followed this price cut by slashing prices of its SEAL model, which rivals the Tesla Model 3. Tesla made similar price cuts in Europe, Singapore, Hong Kong, Israel, and the US. Well, to be a bit more specific, five cuts in the US so far this year, as the government prepares to reduce the tax credit for EVs in the US. This seems like an obvious move to aggressively drive demand, but the concern about their industry-leaving profit margin remains. With a target of 1.8 million deliveries this year and their reliance on the price cuts to boost their demand, their earnings are expected to decline. I think the price cuts are preemptive of an expected reduction in consumer spending. And to be honest, I think that the declining earnings are already priced into the stock price after its recent drop, making it somewhat attractive right now for me to personally look into. It'd almost feel wrong if I were to talk about Tesla and not really dive into BYD. When looking at a company, I always feel it's important to contextualize how it's doing amongst its peers. And BYD, as I said earlier, is probably Tesla's biggest competitor. BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams, is the largest Chinese manufacturer of battery electric vehicles. Some cool recent news about BYD was their showcase of the Yangwan U9 EV that goes from 0 to 60 miles per hour in 2 seconds. While the car is super sexy, with the Premier, what was more exciting was the announcement of their new intelligent body control system, called Desis. During their showcase, Desis allowed the electric supercar to dance, adjust its height, and even jump. Amid the recent price war, BYD was also seen slashing prices in order to boost demand. Now, historically, Tesla and BYD have not competed much, but that's changing very quickly. If we take a more macro look at overall China car sales over March, we can see the numbers were flat as compared to a year earlier. However, sales of new energy vehicles, which include pure battery electric cars and hybrids, rose by 21.9%. 
accounting for 34% of the month's total sales. BYD led that segment with 35.5% market share, while Tesla was 14%. Obviously, the automotive space is quite big, and a lot of legacy car manufacturers are producing EVs as well, but I'm not going to get into a full study of all of them and how they compare. That could be for another day. I will say though, the one thing I really like about BYD is that they build their own batteries, which definitely would help them keep costs within within control. Overall, there there are a lot of worries regarding Tesla's market share and how it's dropping. But to be honest, I think it would have been foolish to think that there wouldn't be competition and that Tesla would dominate and maintain a 60 to 70% market share forever. It's no surprise that legacy manufacturers like Hyundai, Volkswagen, and many more are upgrading their technologies, producing EVs, and that too quickly. It's a clear market that is only going to grow in size, and while Tesla's share of that market may drop, I think they've got a huge head start when it comes to data collection. They are yet to enter several new markets, and with goals of producing a much more affordable car, Tesla is expanding their demographic into regions like Thailand, providing more direct competition with BYD and other Chinese EV makers. Now, as long as they continue to innovate, alter their old models, build out some effective new models, I know their Cybertruck hasn't come to market just yet, but I think they'll be just fine. Many people make the mistake of looking at Tesla as just another automotive company. In my opinion, they're a data company, a sustainability and energy company, and a car company all in one. And their direction is not entirely based on a certain type of product, like electric cars itself, but rather a greener lifestyle, with EVs, solar roofs and panels, power walls, battery storage, and whatnot. While I am eager to hear their Q1 earnings and guidance for the next quarter, it'll be interesting to see how investors react to the call this week. Friendly reminder that it will be after market close on Wednesday the 19th of April. I would like to mention that none of what I said should be taken as financial advice. These are just my opinions based on my knowledge, research, and understanding. So please don't buy or sell stocks solely based on what you heard. Always do your own research. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and if you made it this far, I thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Anur Brilla, and this is Finance Now. Finance Now.